Good afternoon, everybody. It is a beautiful day here in Marseille, France, and welcome back to another episode of Third Gear, a Formula One racing podcast. I'm Katie Egan, a marketing major with a passion for Formula One, and on this week's episode, let's talk about the amazing races we got to watch in Zandvoort and Monza as we came back from the summer break, as well as preparing for Singapore in two weeks. The championship can only be won by one. And it's lights out, and away we go. Welcome to Third Gear with Keg Egan. All of your F1 news, all in one place. Episodes every other Thursday at 3. Let's go ahead and start off with Zandvoorts. So first off, exciting stuff. I was there. I was able to go to my second ever Formula 1 race in person. I took a nice little solo trip from France, where I'm living, to Rotterdam and explored the Netherlands. I got to explore the city of Rotterdam, the city of Amsterdam, and of course, I was able to go to the Grand Prix. Um, I was able to go to Saturday's qualifying and then the race on Sunday, so I'll go ahead and highlight some of the fun things that I got to experience being there firsthand, as well as, of course, talking about the actual race weekend itself. So, Zandvoort, let's talk about it. The, In my opinion, this is one of the most fun races we've gotten to see this season. And even not from just my perspective of being there, but when I asked my family how they felt and enjoyed the race back home, they all said it was super fun to watch, super entertaining, and there was a lot of action and drama that went down. So I was very lucky to be able to see such an exciting race in person. But um, also just like, what a race, what a race to welcome back the season. Um, The summer break was long and tedious, but it is over now and we are back to the second half of the season. And what a beautiful way to start it than the Netherlands. So for starters, let's go ahead and talk about the practice sessions. And of course, keeping in mind that the entire weekend, there was quite a bit of weather affecting all of these sessions. Actually, before I hop into just talking about the practice sessions, let's talk about the circuit. The track itself, I highlighted a little bit in my last episode where I talked about the turns and what makes it so unique, like the banked corners and the conditions that are found on no other race, aka the sand. That's kind of the main thing. And honestly, from actually watching it on TV, you don't realize really where they are, but they are in dunes like the track is literally in the middle of the sandy dunes of the beach and they just like carved out a path to to lay down some asphalt for these drivers like it's kind of bizarre because my seat first of all it was pouring rain and so i had to walk through piles of sand and you have to climb like dunes like mountains sand to get to your seats especially if you have general admission, like you're literally just sitting on sand dunes. It's pretty cool, actually. But, um, you know, there's elevation changes, but in between the track, like I was sitting on turn 10, the hairpin, and I couldn't, I mean, I could see a little bit of the straight from like turn three to turn seven, but there's this mountain of sand in between. So like, it's really just, you're like, I was a bit shocked actually seeing like where you are, which is something I also noticed when I was in Austria, like the location of the tracks seems so different on TV, but we're maybe two feet from the water basically in Zandvoort. So circuit itself was super cool and I could definitely tell how it was affecting drivers with there literally being sand on the track. As a matter of fact, I think it was probably 
not even the main issue because all of the sand was weighed down with the water. If it was a drier, windier weekend, I could totally see how that would become even more of an issue. But now that we're done talking about the track and the, the conditions a little bit, let's talk about practice sessions, specifically Friday. So I did not go to Friday's sessions. I actually was traveling to the Netherlands on Friday, so I just followed along on my phone. But um, for the first practice session, we are keeping in mind that this is the first session back after the summer. Um, Max Verstappen was looking to equal Sebastian Vettel's nine wins consecutively. And that the conditions for Friday were actually dry, pretty warm, unlike what the rest of the weekend would have in store. Coming with upgrades this weekend, first race back, we had Red Bull, McLaren, Mercedes, Aston Martin, AlphaTauri. And in the first practice session, Lance Stroll suffered early on from a power unit issue, which unfortunately seemed to follow him into Monza a bit. Also in the first practice session, Nico Hulkenberg suffered a spin, which took him out of practice and actually caused a red flag, halting the session briefly. Fastest at the end of the first session of the weekend was Max Verstappen, followed by Fernando Alonso, and in third, Lewis Hamilton. On to practice two on Friday. It was a bit more dramatic. Oscar Piastri lost control into turn two, which caused him to crash into the barriers of turn three. And Daniel Ricciardo, who was on a fast lap behind him, was not able to stop in time. And in order to evade, had to also hit the ball um, in order to not hit Piastri himself. The incident, actually, we would learn would result in Daniel Ricciardo breaking his hand, which unfortunately meant he couldn't participate for the rest of the weekend, as well as in Monza, and he is not going to be participating in Singapore next week either. Finishing out for practice two, though, there were a total of six different teams in the top six. We had Lando Norris in first, Max Verstappen in second, Alex Albon in third, Lewis Hamilton in fourth, Yuki Tsunoda in fifth, and Pierre Gasly rounding out this top six for Alpine. Then comes along Saturday. So Saturday is when the conditions start getting a little bit more tricky. We had some rainfall in the morning Saturday prior to practice session three. So we had quite a few drivers out there struggling to find grip and sliding around on the track. During the early laps of the session, this included drivers like Verstappen, Perez, and Norris. Later into the session, Kevin Magnussen caused a red flag after losing the car into turn three. And then, unfortunately, shortly after the restart, another red flag was caused by Zhao Guanyu. And then a third red flag was also caused by Liam Lawson after he lost control of his Alpatari that he's subbing for Daddy Ricardo in for the weekend. So a bit more... A bit more drama, a bit more action, lots of pausing and starting, and lots of wet weather conditions. The top three for the third practice session had Max Verstappen leading the time charts with George Russell in second and Sergio Perez in third. All right, so then came qualifying. Qualifying, I was lucky enough to be there for, so um, I bought a Saturday and Sunday pass. And although I could have gone to the practice sessions on Saturday, I chose to explore Amsterdam a bit in the morning before going to the track because I wanted to really explore Holland as much as I could outside of just how amazing Formula One is. I wanted to experience the country as well. And I'm so glad I did Amsterdam. It's one of the coolest places I have ever been and I really hope I get to go again soon. Sorry, back to qualifying. 
Um, so I got to Zanvor around 2 p.m. right before qualifying started, about an hour before. And on the train from Amsterdam to Zanvor, it had started pouring. And I was like, oh, no. You know, one, is it going to be delayed when I get there? Two, am I going to be soaked? Um, I had like a thin windbreaker raincoat and my hoodie. Actually, no, I didn't even have a hoodie that day because I was like, it's not that cold. Um, and my jeans. And when I got to the circuit, it was not raining too hard. It was spitting a little bit, but not, nothing too bad. Off the train, you know, there's a bit of a well to where I was sitting because I was one on the inside of the track and two like I was on the opposite side from where the train station is basically so it was a little bit of a walk probably like 20 minutes to get to my seat and it was fine at first and then as I'm walking up to go scan my ticket I mean it started it was torrential I mean I was soaked through completely my shirt underneath of my windbreaker was wet my jeans were completely soaked through my paper ticket that i was using was fraying and falling apart my passport even that was in my pocket was suffering a little bit of water damage so it was wet to say the least sitting in my seat at the turn 10 hairpin still raining and then the session gets underway so it was definitely wet at first by the end of the session, it was drying up quite a bit, but the drivers all started on intermediate tires for qualifying, and several drivers were taking trips through the gravel. Uh, Nico Holkenberg, Alex Albon, Verstappen even, like, were slipping and sliding around off the track, definitely at the beginning of the session. With all of the drama going on, there were also some impediments in the chaos, so Piastri was impeded by signs at one point coming out of the pits, and Hamilton was impeded by Stroll at one point with traffic. Um, we had Lawson starting in 20th, Bottas in 19th, Magnussen in 18th, Alcon in 17th, and Gwen Yu in 16th. You 2 started to drive up a bit. There was some slipping and sliding around, but no incidents to report. There were some upset eliminations in the second qualifying session. So Nico Hockenberg would have been start would be starting the race from 15th, uh, Yuki Tsunoda from 14th, Lewis Hamilton from 13th, which was an upset, 12th Gasly, and then 11th Stroll. Then came Q3. In exciting news, Logan Sargent made it to Q3 for the very first time in his career, so that was a bit exciting. And then, unfortunately, immediately into the session, crashed out into the wall, which was. There was quite a reaction, honestly, from the people around me anyway that were like, you know, you see a car go off, you're not sure who it is at first, everyone's like, oh, who is that? And then someone's like, oh, Sergeant, of course, of course, it was Sergeant. Felt kind of bad for him considering it was his first Q3 start, um, but it would mean he was starting in 10th no matter what, unless they had to do some intense repairs that would cause him to take a penalty, but... Luckily for him, that was not the case. He was able to start the race in 10th. But as drivers continued to set fast laps, mostly the McLarens of Piastri and Norris, after Logan Sargent's car was retrieved, there was another accident, and this time it was Charles Leclerc who lost grip and slammed into the wall at, guess where, turn 10. Um, actually, right pretty much in front of me, his car is actually coming around the hairpin and crashed. And so I didn't actually get to see 
his car crash, but he had to walk around and he stood in front of us for a little while waiting for the vehicles to come pick him up. So I got to see Charles Leclerc. That was pretty cool. He waved and then stood there and then sat there and probably was rethinking everything. And everyone behind him was just like, hey, Charles. <laughs> um, but I got a fun picture of that. So that was honestly a good memory, despite, unfortunately, Leclerc crashing out. And the last laps of the session were kind of Max Verstappen and Lando Norris trading fastest sectors. But in the end, Max Verstappen took full position. And the starting order for the top 10 would have Max Verstappen starting on pole for the third year in a row, Lando Norris in second, George Russell in third, Alexander Albon in fourth, Fernando Alonso in fifth, Carlos Sainz in sixth, Sergio Perez in seventh, Oscar Piastri in eighth, and then Charles Leclerc and Logan Sargent in ninth and tenth, respectively. Then came the actual race day, which I was at the track all day for, and it was definitely one of the most fun races I've ever watched. And also, surprisingly, it was never boring, even during the red flag that would come towards the end of the session. Like, I've never met such a lively, fun group of people than the Dutch people, Dutch fans that were at that race. So the race conditions started off dry, but there was weather looming over the circuit for the entire start of the race. So again, I got there sat in my seat. I had my pasta and my Heineken ready. Um, this time I came extra prepared and I had bought a poncho and had my sweatshirt so that I wouldn't get too cold and so that I could have double protection for my passport and my ticket. So I felt like I was ready in case the weather was atrocious. But then of course I got to the track and it was sunny and kind of warm and so I was like, well, what a waste. <laughs> um, but I, I get my food, I sit down, and I can already tell, like, looking around, I was like, oh, yeah, the rain is the rain is coming. And then the announcers on the big screens all around us are saying, rain is expected, heavy rain expected in 15 minutes, race start in three or whatever, five. And it was... The, there was a little buzz, I guess, going on. Like everyone knew, everyone was like, "This race is gonna start, and they're gonna, they're gonna have to either stop immediately or they're gonna have to put on tires immediately," <laughs> because everyone was starting on slicks, softs, and a few mediums. I think there were maybe two medium compound tires out there. So lights are out, and both Verstappen and Norris get great starts into the first turn. They're already starting to pull ahead just a bit, separate themselves from those in third, fourth, and fifth as the as those drivers are battling themselves. We see Alonzo make an amazing move, putting him from sixth place position into third on the banked corner by taking the inside line. And then the chaos begins. It's The rain starts pouring down. And it was so cool because it wasn't raining where I was, but it was raining on the main straight. And you watched one on the screens, you know, on the screens, they were like, it's raining, it's torrential downpour, and like you could see the drivers sliding around, but then it was dry where we were. There had been no rain yet. And then you sort of watch this like wall of rain come in from the main straight, and it just starts hitting us. And I mean, it was torrential. It was pouring. Um, we see Alex Albon drop some positions, and he goes back and forth with Carlos Sainz for a little bit. 
And then as people are making it back around to the main straight, Perez, Charles Leclerc, Pierre Gasly, Zhou Guanyu, uh, Yuki Sonoda, Lawson, all of them decide to go ahead and pit right after that first lap. Charles Leclerc had a really slow stop. His team wasn't ready for him with the tires. And then some drivers continue out on the slick compound tires. After lap two finished, almost the rest of the drivers went in. It was Verstappen, Alonso, Sainz, and Magnussen, and Akon all go into the pits. So there are still a few drivers, I think five drivers left out on slick compound tires. But Lando Norris, who was in the front, did not pit. And me and then the guy next to me never got his name, but both of us were like, Lando, you have to put on interns. We were like, this is like Russia all over again, which if you don't know or don't remember, Lando Norris was on the way to his first ever victory in Formula One in Russia. And then with like three or four laps remaining, it started raining and he thought he would be able to stay out on the slick tires and not lose time by pitting and finish the race to win. And it just was too wet, too slippy, and he wasn't able to do it and unfortunately lost his chance at his win. So me and this guy were like, oh, you got to pit, Lando. Like it was wet. Like we were all soaked through. So it must have been awful conditions for driving. But by lap six, all of the cars had intermediate tires on except for Logan Sargent, Nico Hulkenberg, uh, Valtteri Bottas, Oscar Piastri, and uh, Alex Albon, which was unfortunate for Albon. He dropped a lot of positions because of how long he stayed on slicks for and then kind of made them up because he made those slick tires last until like lap 45 or something. And there's only 60-something laps in Zandvoort, so he really made them whatever. Anyway, he made them last a really long time. The rain starts to stop and cars are starting to pit for slicks again around lap 11. That was when the track started drying out a lot. Leclerc had another slow stop because he suffered some damage, I believe, in contact with Shoguanyu. And he had to get a new front wing, so that meant another slow stop. Felt horrible for the Ferrari fan sitting next to me. He was heartbroken, but I was like, sorry, man. You got to know what's coming, you know? On lap 16, Logan Sargent caught the barrier and it caused him to be taken out of the race, which ended up causing a safety car. Um, Later after the race, Williams said that the crash was caused by a hydraulic failure. So it wasn't actually Logan Sargent's fault, which I feel sorry for. He had a really great and then really awful qualifying session and then was having a pretty good and then awful race. So it's unfortunate that he had to retire because I want to see him succeed, but we're starting to get towards the end of the season, and it's getting a little worrisome because he's not been committed to Williams for next year yet. Um, So the safety car comes in, and we start racing again. There's some pretty good passing and fights going on from around lap 20 to, like, lap 60. I mean, there's nothing, like, crazy, no incidents, no weather, but there's lots of action still. These battles included being between... uh, Lewis Hamilton and Lano Norris, and also Alex Albon and George Russell, and then as well between Gasly and Sainz. Gasly did end up getting a five-second penalty for speeding in the pit lanes later, and the passing sort of continues on until lap 62, when things start going a little berserk again. Now, by this point, we've been sitting watching the race, and it's been fun, but towards the end, like the commentators start coming back on, and they're like, we're looking at rain coming again in, I think they said 13 minutes or something. And and I was like, 
please let there be rain. Like, please, please, please let there be like a really crazy last few laps or something just for fun. And so I'm sitting there like begging for rain. And then all of a sudden it hits and it was even worse than before. I mean, it's raining sideways. It's cold. It's windy. But I was like, yes, yes, we're going to finish out with a bang. So lap 62, the rain starts falling. Conditions get worse. Drivers are pitting for intermediates and sliding around the tracks, going into the gravel, coming back on. It's kind of chaos. Uh, Perez is one of those included. He's off the track, manages to save it. Tsunoda also goes off the track. Botas goes off the track. But it is Joe Guanyu who brought out the red flag. He aquaplaned and hit the barriers and the race is red flagged. Now, I was a little worried that the red flag was going to be pretty boring, like just sitting there waiting in the rain for the session to restart. But it was so fun. They had DJs and stuff at the race. And so everyone was like partying and singing and dancing. There were conga lines. It was so fun. I mean, really, like it was such a lively group of people. The atmosphere was amazing if you ever get to go to a race i actually really recommend zandvoort because not only was it exciting like there was a lot of passing and stuff going on the entire time but the atmosphere of the race is so fun and i wasn't even in like the main session section so i could only imagine how much fun it was in like the main grandstand at the pit lane or um even the chicane or something like that would have been a blast because the main grandstand next to us was like um, 11, 12, and 13 is like another big one. That was fun. It looked like fun. The race restarts uh, for like a seven lap sprint race to the finish. And man, is it fun. Um, Perez gets a five second penalty for speeding in the pit lane, um, which means that if Gasly finishes within five seconds of him, he'll be on the podium. And that he does. The race comes to an end. Max Verstappen takes his ninth consecutive win at his home race in Zanvor. It's super fun, super exciting. Fernando Alonso is in second, and Pierre Gasly is promoted to third. Poor Yuki Sonoda got a five-second penalty for causing an incident with George Russell. And Lawson got a 10-second penalty for impeding Kevin Magnussen in the pit lane. And then Magnuson was investigated for a race start infringement and ended up dropping two positions anyways. Um, but yeah, the race was super exciting. And for the final race results, we had Max Verstappen in first, Fernando Alonso in second, Pierre Gasly in third, Sergio Perez in fourth, Carlos Sainz in fifth, Lewis Hamilton in sixth, Lando Norris in seventh, Alex Albon in eighth, Oscar Piastri in ninth, and Esteban Ocon rounding out the top ten final point position. The rest of the grid had Stroll, Hockenberg, Lawson, Botas, Tsunoda, Magnussen, and Russell, and then Gwen Yu, Leclerc, and Sargent, who all did not finish the race. So in conclusion, we had a really great race for Max Verstappen. Again, he's on fire. He's on a roll. It's his ninth consecutive win. He's going for a 10th in Monza. Another great race for Fernando Alonso, who went from finishing second and third at the beginning of the season consistently to kind of dropping off for a little bit and is now like making his way back into these top podium and points positions. 
It was also a really good race for Pierre Gasly, who this is his first podium since 2021. And then another great race for Alex Albon, who has been so consistently performing in midpoint in midpoint positions. And I can't wait to see him start getting like fourth, maybe even a podium. That would be so exciting, especially in the Williams. I mean, could you imagine? But it wasn't all good races for everyone, unfortunately. It was a poor race for Guan Yu, who obviously crashed out, as well as Sargent and Leclerc, who all did not finish the race. It was also a awful weekend for Daniel Ricciardo, who unfortunately broke his hand and was unable to compete in the weekend and the weekends to follow. And it was also a poor race for Yuki Tsunoda, who I don't know if I'm the only one noticing this, but he keeps getting into the points positions, and I feel like doing well. And then either something happens in the last few laps, or he's getting a penalty, and all of a sudden he's like not finishing up there anymore. So I don't know what's going on with him, but I feel bad. But that is the end of the Dutch Grand Prix weekend. And so we move on to last weekend, Monza, a.k.a. the home race for Ferrari. Um, It's actually super close to where I'm living. So I thought about going, but I felt like I could only choose one or the other. And I chose Zandvoort. Monza was a fun race as well. We've had two great races coming back from the summer break. Let's talk about the Italian Grand Prix in Monza. So if you don't know, the Temple of Speed, aka Monza, had its first Grand Prix in 1950. The race will take place over a total of 53 laps, and the circuit length is 5.793 kilometers long. The lap record was set by Barcello in 2004 at a 121.046. Last year, in 2022, Max Verstappen won the Monza Grand Prix, followed by Charles Leclerc in second and George Russell in third. So going into the race, some people are hoping for the Monza curse to continue its traditions. If you don't know what the Monza curse is, basically whoever wins the race the next year won't finish. So based off of history, like for example, in 2021, Daniel Ricciardo won the Monza Grand Prix with McLaren, and then in 2022, he did not finish the race. The idea is that Max Verstappen shouldn't finish the race on Sunday. But let's go ahead and talk about practice one, the start of the weekend. So first off, practice one demonstrated the new hybrid energy system graphic, which demonstrated how much electric power is being used by a driver at a specific point in the in the in the lap basically it tells them it tells the viewer if the driver is reserving power if they're using extra power for more energy or if they're just conserving whatever um the driver is doing it lets you know going into the weekend all eyes are on ferrari as this is their home track going into it um the first practice session alfa romeo had technically issues with both cars and neither were able to do any work during practice session one but at the end of practice session one max verstappen is leading the times followed by carlos Sainz, and in third sergio perez uh as for practice two also taking place on friday lance stroll who was sitting in the car for the first time that weekend for practice session two because uh, Felipe Drogovic drove for him in practice session one for Aston Martin. Unfortunately, unable to really participate in this session due to a fuel system issue, which caused him to retire and stop the car. Perez set a quick times, putting him in P3 before crashing out, which brought out a red flag. And the McLarens did well, so our finishing order for the top 
three for practice session two was Carlos Sainz in first, Lando Norris in second, and Sergio Perez in third. Practice three, the first session taking place on Saturday, drivers continue to work out the new tire allocations for the session, but Sainz really just took it away again, topping the charts. Um, Perez struggled with a leak on his power unit um, that was found, and the top three for the third practice session had Carlos Sainz in first, Max Verstappen in second, and Lewis Hamilton in third. Then came around qualifying. So all of the cars had to start Q1 with the hard compound tires based off of the new Pirelli um, qualifying qualifications for tires, which they've been kind of uh, sprinkling in throughout the season. Every now and then they'll require this tire format for qualifying where Q1 starts on hards, Q2 is on mediums, and Q3 is on soft compound tires. In the first session, Norris and Alcon actually had a close call, almost making contact, and there were some deleted times for track limits throughout the session. Those eliminated in the first round were Stroll starting P20, Magnussen, Ocon, Gasly, and Yao. Link in Q2, which had the drivers starting on the medium compound tires. There's nothing too dramatic about the session. Hamilton set a late fast time that got him into Q3. And eliminated was Sargent in 15, Bottas, Hulkenberg, Lawson, and Tsunoda in 11th. Then came Q3 on the soft compound tires, which showed amazing results for Ferrari in front of the Tifosi. So at the end of the session, we had an exciting uh, kind of three. Um, the three top runners were all running for their last flying lap at the same time. Leclerc first, followed by Verstappen, and then Carlos Sainz. Leclerc set the fastest lap immediately after Max crossed the line, took that pole position from him, and then immediately after that, Carlos Sainz came through, stole pole position for Max Verstappen. So uh, our starting order for the top 10 for the race on Sunday had Carlos Sainz in first, Max Verstappen in second, Charles Leclerc in third, George Russell in fourth, Sergio Perez in fifth, Alex Albon in sixth, Oscar Piastri in seventh, Lewis Hamilton in eighth, Lando Norris in ninth, and Fernando Alonso in tenth. So everything is looking great for Ferrari for sure. So it's a great start for Ferrari for the weekend, and we're hoping that luck will carry over into the race. So let's cover it. Before the race even began, things were getting interesting. Yuki Tsunoda had to pull over on the formation lap and retire due to an engine failure, which ended up delaying the race quite a bit. The cars did a few extra formation laps and then ended up just stopping on the starting grid and had their engineers run out to them with tire blankets and everything. But as the lights went out about 20 minutes later, both Ferraris had an amazing start. Carlos was able to keep his lead, pull ahead and defend well for Max Verstappen, and Charles Leclerc was able to put some pressure on him trying to get by. Alex Albon pulled an amazing pass past Oscar Piastri to take sixth place, and Alex is really just killing the game. He's been impressing me so much these past few races. Around lap six, Max starts making his attempts to take first, but is held off by some brilliant defending. I mean, elbows are out, definitely, but it was totally legal moves from both of them, really pushing the limits. But by lap 15, Max Verstappen is able to get by because signs locked up. Coming out of the corner, they were side by side on the straight, and it looked like Sainz was going to be able to pull ahead and just hold him off, but Verstappen was able to break just enough later that he took the lead. And um, continuing on, also we saw some of the McLarens make contact. Piastri just ran a bit into the side of Norris, but both were able to continue on just fine. 
But then a few laps later and a few laps of battling between Piastri and Hamilton resulted in them having a collision. Hamilton actually didn't leave space and ran into the side of Piastri, which caused him to receive a five-second penalty. But both were able to continue on. But something I noticed, dude, as soon as Hamilton hit Piastri, whatever, you know, they both are it's a little tough. Piastri definitely drops back a bit. But Hamilton, in his ear, they were like, all right, five seconds. And he was just like, took off, started passing people left and right all of a sudden. Oh, Sainz and Perez are battling. Sainz defends very well, but eventually Perez gets by. Um, so it's now a Red Bull 1-2, and then Carlos Sainz in third and Leclerc in fourth. Charles and Carlos start to battle, and it is close. They've got me on the edge of my seat, nervous. I feel bad. These are two great drivers having the worst luck with their team. And I would just like, in my head, I was like, the Ferrari, the Ferrari curse, like the Ferrari bad luck, it's going to get them. They're going to hit each other and take both of each other out. And it's going to be heart or breaking. I was so nervous. My heart was in my throat. Like they almost hit each other probably three, at least three times. They trade places once Charles gets by and then trade back because Carlos gets past him again. And then as Leclerc's trying to get past on the final lap, he locks up crazy, almost runs into the back of signs, almost takes his own car out, like huge puff of that smoke from stopping. But it's, you know, he's able to keep it on the track. They're both able to continue and Sainz takes hold and keeps on to third position. And the finishing order for the race has Max Verstappen in first Sergio Perez in second, and Carlos Sainz in third, running out the podium positions. Then following them, Charles Leclerc, Russell, Hamilton, Albon, Norris, Alonso, and then Botas finishing out the points positions. And then Lawson, Piastri, Sargent, Guanyu, uh, Gasly, Stroll, Hulkenberg, and Magnussen finishing out the rest of the grid with Ocon and Sonoda both not finishing. So once again, it's a great race for Max Verstappen, finishing his 10th race win in a row, continuing that streak of having Red Bull completely undefeated for the 2023 season. It's also another great race from Alex Albon, who has been defending and taking positions like a pro. And it was a good race for Ferrari, I thought. Although I'm sure they wanted to win, especially with their qualifying the day before, honestly, compared to how they've been finishing and how good the Red Bulls have been doing, I think that their finish of third and fourth is really, really good and progress for them for this season. Unfortunate races for Oscar Piastri, who just could not catch a break. This race was getting kind of tossed around left and right here and there. Didn't end up finishing, I'm sure, where he wanted. And also poor race for, of course, poor Yuki Tsunoda, who didn't even get to start. And Akon, who suffered a steering issue and also all of a sudden was out of the race and nobody even knew. I watched this one with my family at home on FaceTime. It was way more interesting than I thought it was going to be. Monza always ends up being pretty interesting, though, so I shouldn't have expected anything less, but it was fun. Let's go ahead and finish up by talking about Singapore, which is not this weekend, but the weekend after. It is a regular race weekend schedule, the three practice sessions, qualifying, and the race. They held its first Grand Prix in Singapore in 2008. And this year, the track has been modified from its usual layout. So we don't really know a ton about how long it is, how many laps long the race is. There's no track record yet set because of the new layout. So it'll be really interesting to see how it goes. We have an estimated 
62 laps long race, 63 maybe. The old track was 61 laps, but now it's been shortened a little bit, so it's either going to be 62 or 63 laps long. There are 19 corners, 3 DRS zones between turns 5 and 7, between 13 and 14, and then between 19 and 1, which is the main straight. The new track layout has reduced the number of corners from 23 to 19, so the sections between 16 and 19 were created into a straight, basically. The expected circuit length is now 4.928 kilometers instead of the 5.063 kilometers. But judging by the research I did on the F1 website, it doesn't look like they're done with the new circuit yet. Like, I think they're still doing a little bit of laying out and renovations to making sure it happens because it involved them getting rid of one of the grandstands. I don't think they're 100% sure yet how long the actual track is. But the 2022 results had Sergio Perez winning with Charles Leclerc in second and Carlos Sainz in third. And it was a pretty eventful rain race. It was actually rainy um, and there was quite a bit of drama with drivers losing in gaming positions, quite a few accidents, things like that. Singapore is my favorite race of the season, so I'm a bit excited. I hope it's exciting again this year. But yeah, go ahead and stay tuned for the next race in two weeks. I can't wait to talk to you guys after Singapore. Uh, my next episode will come out right after Singapore and right before Japan. And then we only have six more races until the end of the season. Exciting and sad at the same time. Yeah, we're coming We're coming towards the end here. I'm so excited. I hope the last races are super exciting, even if the championship is decided. Like, I hope everyone puts their heart and soul into the last few races of the season. And I hope Daniel Ricciardo is able to get back in the car again soon. Hopefully, maybe, maybe not Japan, but maybe Qatar. But as always, thank you guys so much for listening. Please let me know if there's anything else you'd like me to talk about. Stay tuned for my next episode in two weeks and remember to take care of yourselves and others.